I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. All right, our main topic today is this idea of what is motivating you? Are you actually deep down motivated in, in your behaviors, your disciplines, from a place of fear running away from something negative? Or are you actually driven by a purpose and you're looking and, and motivated by this great new world that could be? And how can you go about asking yourself some questions to really diagnose where you are on that spectrum and then move towards the positive? Uh, we get a little bit of catch up as always, a little bit of talk about movies, content, a little Marvel chat. So uh, it's a really fun episode, high energy. And as always, we hope you enjoy. Oh, yeah. Does it feel better as you run? Uh, it feels no better while I run, but okay. after I run, if I hit the foam roller, pull back. Nice. Um, because my runs always loosen it up. The one thing that I can't do, since like looking up is kind of a challenge too, I can't like bike, bike. without pain right now. Yeah. And I normally would be doing forty-five miles on Saturday. Does um, well, you might be better by Saturday. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try and see this guy this evening. Does it um? get better as you warm up and then worse later. So like you go for a run, you roll, it feels great. How much yeah. worse does it feel pre-run versus later on after run? Uh, it is just worse as I've been like static. So like if I do my run and then I'm like yeah. sitting on the couch or whatever and I'm just like compressed again, like then it's going to be bad again. Okay. So if I can like keep moving and yeah. keep loose, then we're okay. It does sound very muscular in nature. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's like a giant knot right of my spine left of my shoulder blade nice yeah all right what's going on in your world joe um not a lot had a um had a like online competition last weekend with our training group so just just for our, our training group there's like 110 people who signed up did some people do it together in person um me and one of my buddies who i train with were both in that training group so okay. we did but i don't know if i don't like Nobody talked about it in the water cooler, so I'd mm -hmm. say probably not. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I moved up last year during that same comp. I got like 57th this year. I got 29th. So I mean, when you talked to me about it before, you're like, yeah. it was okay. Yeah. It um. But a 50% jump is yeah. like pretty great. It uh, you know, it was it was good. It um, I had one event that I like underperformed my capabilities on. Mm-hmm. But that was good practice, too, because for an in-person competition, you don't get to be like, ah, stop, I messed up, let's restart. Um, that's not how it works. So having, like, when you do quarterfinals or you do the open, you can repeat if you if you so desire. Hard to repeat quarterfinal workouts because they have, like, submission deadlines, but, like, you, you could. Um, and you definitely can repeat the open if you want to. Um, but this is, like, just like an in-person comp where, like, you do the workout, you're done. So it was good to, like get perspective on the need to execute well the first time. Mm -hmm. And that also, it also highlighted some weaknesses that I didn't realize were quite as jarring as I think they are. Really? Yeah. Uh, say more. Um, okay. I'm traditionally, if you consider CrossFit to have like three modalities, monostructural, AKA cardio, um, gymnastics and weightlifting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm typically very good at cardio and gymnastics. Yep. Bias workouts. And there was a workout that was all cardio and gymnastics bias. And I'm particularly good with jump ropes. And I'm particularly good on my hands. And it was like 
a mix of there was a little bit of handstand walking work mm-hmm. in it and there was well more than a little bit there was like a few hundred feet of handstand walking um a lot of jump ropes and then a lot of upper body pulling chest to bars regular pull-ups and bar muscle-ups and I knew that upper body pulling wasn't as strong as upper body pressing was in gymnastics, mm-hmm. but it was like striking how much that limited me. My really? ability, on specifically the chest bar, to bars, specifically bar muscle ups. Yeah, oh, bar muscle ups. That's right. Specifically yeah. those. Um, so that was interesting to see, and um, typically, like that would have been an outlier in the positive way, mm-hmm. but instead, it was just like completely in line with the rest of my good performances. So considering that your strengths are in this like, gymnastics arena, mm-hmm. how much do you think about your weight? Because mm. there's like, you want to build strength to yep. like close the gap on the pure weight movements. Yep. But considering that like your, uh, your areas of strength benefit from a like strength to weight ratio. Yeah. How do you think about that? That's exactly how I think about it. Okay. Strength to weight ratio. So, um, I'm up to just about 180 pounds right now. Okay. Um, Stomach's been wrecked. Like it's like, just feels like a lot of food from getting the calories. Just in. so much yeah. food, man. Um, but I would say that I'm pring strict sets of work. So there's two things. Um, there's no way to gain 100 percent muscle when you put on weight. Yeah. So I'm putting on tiny. I would say tiny amounts of fat. If there is a way to put on almost no fat, I think I'm finding it because I'm just training so much. Like your body's not just not going to build muscle in that it, environment it's the old debate of like you know traditional bodybuilding is bulk thing cut yeah versus a like recomposition i'm sort of approach. like recomping as i go yeah i'm already pretty i was already like pretty lean on a on like a any sort of there's not a lot take. to recomp yeah i mean there's definitely some but there's not a ton um i would say that in the crossfit realm what i've heard from most nutrition coaches is eat for maintenance when you need to lean out yeah, and eating a surplus when you're trying to perform at your highest level. So I think I'm getting to the point where I'm about like I'm about to enter my fourth month of trying to eat in a surplus and I'm getting to the point where I could use a little maintenance phase of mm-hmm. like just calm down for a second. Yeah. Um, and I, I meet my nutritionist on Monday, so we'll talk about it. But um, Do overall, you- things are going really well in gymnastics. So I'm not stressed about it. So in that world of you're trying to build strength mm-hmm. and inevitably are gaining some fat with that. Yeah. And I like let's call it just non-ideal weight from a performance standpoint with gymnastics. Is there a like cutting practice? I actually pre-event? I don't think it's non-ideal weight. Okay. Um cuz there's the amount that like also helps you stay injury free. Well, there's also the things. amount of like, like if you put on more muscle good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, putting on a Putting on, so I went, I started with this group at like 175, up to 180. Let's say I get to like 184-ish mm-hmm. by the fourth quarter, let's say. Yep. Um, well, if the majority of that 10-pound weight gain has been muscle, my gymnastics will actually be better yeah. than they were prior. Yeah. So um, there's that. I'm not, everything's going great from a performance standpoint. So, so far, all of it, all I've experienced is the strength output Strength increases, increasing output across the board. Okay. I'm stronger on the machines, have more power on the machines. Um, my running hasn't taken a hit. My burpees are still really good. My gymnastics strict sets are getting better. So, yeah, all in all, it's been like, yeah, you should just keep doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm reflecting as well in this moment. It's like, because I'm experiencing 
some progression and some like signals of things going the right direction. Yeah. And it's funny because like you have kind of just decided to do the right things. Yeah. In the same way that I have kind of just like decided to do the right things and then it works. <laughs> Dude, I was listening to, this is so funny because we had a whole conversation last time about like being versus achievement goals. Yes. Was, you know my obsession with Naval Ravikant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And so I was listening to a podcast of his with Tim Ferriss, not the first one, but a second one. And he goes, they were talking about wealth creation and like making money. And he was like, I don't know. You just like be the type of person who makes money. <laughs> I was like, there it is again. There it is. That's he was like, incredible. become the person who just makes money. He's like, my focus in life is not making money. He's like, I'm, I don't have to anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. He's like, but I just am the person. Like, I just go about doing my craft and money creates itself. This is not. I think it's more challenging from an economic standpoint than it is from a fitness standpoint. Like, there's some more nuance to making that a reality. Um, I think there are certainly more systemic, not in the sense of, like, systemic around the country, but I just mean, like, the system of having the ability to make money is harder than the system of getting fit. So, for instance, I can get you fit by just, like, go run. There's no barrier to entry. The barrier to entry is higher for wealth creation than it is for fitness. So the same way as, like, photography can be a revenue generator Mm -hmm. and i can do the things to get excellent at photography i regularly do the practice of improving at photography and that has no bearing on me making money or not because of the additional things that are required to turn something into a revenue generating thing yeah and all those behaviors but whatever yeah but it was but it's still like what kind of person you you start to back engineer it again like okay if i want to become someone who makes good money or if I want to become someone who just naturally makes money, it forces wealth. decisions. You just start to back engineer, like what would these people do? Yeah, but how would they act during their day? Mm-hmm. What would they not do? They would not fill with fluff. They would fill with other productive things that well, could be. Y- y- yeah, or or maybe they'd just not fill with fluff. They just wouldn't fill. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd just be very productive for like four hours and be like, "I'm good, did my job, out, bye." Like, who knows? But yeah. it's about. If, if you start thinking about that, you'll start asking the questions and then you'll start finding answers and then you'll start acting. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like this sort of, repet- it was just funny. It was just such a funny timing to be listening to that the week after we had talked over like an hour about the idea of becoming. Becoming, so, yeah. yeah. So that's your world. That's my world. I mean, that's pretty What's great. up in your world right now? Uh, I would say in a similar vein of um, not too much new besides navigating some back pain, which yeah. is just my own doing of like, I not only do I have a trash couch that is too deep and too soft to like be supportive, uh, but also I've been just letting my posture go. I I notice when I'm at work, I'm just slumping all the time. I am never back in my seat with my back like arched, fitting the chair. Like I've just really let my discipline go with posture, which is having some issues. And I have not like done strengthening for my back. That's where in my head three went. years, <laughs> and so I. I lifted like two days ago. That's good. And then my back went to hell. <laughs> so I was like, right when I was ready to like recommit, you know, I just went and did like six exercises, a mm-hmm. few sets of each kind of thing. Um, I still just, I need the barbell. I need to just do deadlifts, RDLs, like bent over rows, bent over rows, squats, yep. bench, like all of those things. I'll literally just. That's why I think a rogue rack is my dream world. Mm. All I need is a rogue rack with a bunch of plates to just be. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So that's I have one of those. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So that's the vision. Um beyond that, I don't know. I the you know, I run with all these different groups now and the 
the group that I run with Tuesday mornings, we normally do a track session, and we switched it up and went to a local park and did a hill session. Oh, how's that? That was great. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was early and it was pitch black, but we were like sprinting hills for like four miles worth of distance in the morning. It's just so great. Yeah, there's, but you were on an emotional high at the oh, end of that. Yeah, because there's a we found like a one minute hill and a thirty second hill. Oh, and so we did six reps on the one minute hill. And then we went and did four reps on the 32nd hill, which is like recovery is going back down. Yep. Oh, it was just so great. Yeah, those hurt. And I got a course record at the park. Let's so go. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very um, fun. And so we're going to do that again next week. I think the majority of people in this crew prefer that to the track. Um, and I think it's actually slightly more convenient driving for a few mm. people too. So nice. That was nice. Where do, you, where do you guys do your track at? High school? Yeah. Carmel mm-hmm. High School? Actually up north. Um, oh, but Westfield? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I just want to be back on the bike. I want this second bike because there have been so many days after I've had this vision in my head of if, like today, I would 100% go home, hop on this bike, and just like cruise the moon on for an hour. Yeah. So Couldn't you just do that? Uh, just put your shoes on and cruise? Well, first off, I don't have my bike at my place. I store it elsewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have no, like... What about hanging on the wall? I don't have a great wall to hang it on really yeah hmm. it, it's kind of a bummer um and we have a store a bike storage room at my building but i wouldn't put my bike in there i would not I put you. my bike in there no it's too valuable <laughs> yeah the bike's worth more than everybody else's bike combined in the room i like i don't want to sound like an ass but i went in and i like saw all the bikes i was contemplating and i was like absolutely not absolutely mm, not no. <laughs> so i didn't um so that your parents place yeah yeah and so all i i just want this damn watch to sell so that I can get this bike yep. and then just like cruise around. And I also don't want to have to like clip in and wear bike gear and all well, this stuff. Well, couldn't you not? That's what I'm saying. Like, couldn't you not wear bike gear? It would be pretty uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Is that for any, the seat? The seat. The position is super aggressive. The mm. one I so get is like hunched be like, over big time like, and like it's long and low yeah. versus this will be a little bit more upright. Yeah. Like, there's some reasons to it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited for whenever that's reality, but nobody wants to buy my watch right now so you're able to sell at some point you'll be excited it'll sell at some point it'll sell at some point i'm just i'm staying firm on price too yeah good because it's actually a steal for what you're getting it is a steal yeah so we'll see what happens it's only been a couple weeks yeah it's fine so i I like the the band on that watch a lot oh yeah it's got like little red details details are nice uh i doubt anybody of the five people who listen to this are watch people but if you are it's from a micro brand called brew it's based out of New York. It's a, an American guy who started this watch company who just wanted like cool designs, coffee inspired, focused on affordability. So the watches are like four hundred bucks instead of like four thousand bucks, like four thousand bucks, <laughs> and so on. And they're just really cool. They're cool. Yeah, I, I like them. them. So, all right. Any any content that you're taking in currently? Uh, have I talked to you about my Marvel thing? No. I have, uh, I'm going through another Marvel phase okay. of just wanting to rewatch. And so I have rewatched all the Avengers movies. But are, are you rewatching all of the movies? No. Okay, okay. I don't have the time or patience to like go through. And there's like many that I just am not that interested in. There are only a few that I'm not that interested in. I, I enjoyed them and I appreciate them, but to like watch them again, like I honestly have no interest in rewatching anything from Thor. I just don't. The only Thor movie that's good is Ragnarok. 
That's it. And I've watched it like eight times. <laughs> yeah. And so like, do I want to go back and watch the first Thor? No. Nah, not really. Do I want to go back and watch the third Iron Man? Mm. Eh, not really. Yeah, you know? I'm with you on that. And so I actually started with Endgame. No, I did Infinity War, and then I did Endgame. Not even the original. Oh, dude, the original Avengers is so good, Well, though. so here's the thing. I did Infinity War because it was like on TV. It's also amazing. And then, you know, you get to the end. It's like, you should have gone for the head. And I was like, damn, I got to watch the next one. Yeah. And then it's like snap of the fingers at the end. I'm Iron Man. I'm like, I guess I'm watching the first one. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went back to the first and then did Age of Ultron. Um, Worst one, by the way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, but now I watch the older ones with the lens of like looking for the magic of how far ahead they were thinking yes, when they do these the most, things. That's the thing, like, from Captain America. Because if you watch them in story order, Captain America is the first movie. Yeah. But from the very, very, very beginning, they are dropping Easter eggs about Thanos, like, all the stuff. Yeah. So cool. Seeing the original version of Thanos that was yeah. in the, like, post-credit yep. thing. Yeah. It was, like, looks like claymation, practically, yep. you know? Like, so that has so been great. Uh, I watched the third uh, Guardians Oh, that's a good one. So dude, I loved it. I mean, I'm a sucker for animals. Yeah. So it it hurt, was right? like, yeah, it hurt, hurt. All like the stuff in between with like, I don't know the life, the human size evolution version of these animals, all this stuff. Like, I don't know, it was like a little weird. But yeah, any totally. of the stuff with like Rocket and the raccoon and the baby, and all, I was like, dude, I just appreciated the fact that they managed to round out the story nicely. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it was, it was like awesome. I was, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Yeah, I would say that's the same. Mm -hmm. So my content has, like, sure, I've been consuming the same podcast and whatever sure, shit, sure. but like getting back into my Marvel game. But now I've watched the Avengers. I've watched the newest movie that came out. I don't really feel like going back and watching any of the other movies necessarily. I think it's some of it I've just seen them too many times. Like yeah. the original Iron Man, I've probably seen ten times. Yeah, it's like I don't know if I need to go watch that. The again. one I can always watch again is Black Panther. Okay, <sighs> I've Black seen Black Panther and Shang Chi are so my three favorite originations Dude, are Black, Pan Black Panther, Shang Chi, and OG Iron Man. Those are Shang the three best. Shang Chi is awesome. Yeah, very, the fight very good. scenes are unbelievable. Are so they're good. so cool because it's so much awesome martial arts. Like the scene that's almost like a rip on the James Bond uh, dark room fighting with the lights oh, everywhere yeah. that they did in Shang Chi is like so good. Yeah, it's sick. Um, but now I'm like, I don't. I'm not gonna go watch anything else Marvel. But now I'm kind of feeling this like I want to watch something that I watched before. Oh, okay, yeah, the and, familiarity. But I don't know what that is. Okay, this might be a perfect segue, actually. Okay. Because I think I mentioned to you that my my mother in law commented to me that people who watch they they think they being like the psychological community think that people who rewatch lots of familiar things are dealing with anxiety. Uh huh. And I have a set of books that I read on vacation every time we go on vacation. Uh huh. <laughs> I read them like six times. But that's and a, so the, comforting. The connection though that that's on vacation. Where oh, presumably now anxiety just, would be at the lowest. But once see oh this is an interesting point. So the the connection to topic being motivation of or sorry motivation is a topic and the source of motivation is oftentimes anxiety for people. Okay, um, yeah. Okay, got it, got it. But got you it. actually bring up a good point. This is very interesting. I wonder if I am anxious on vacation. Are you anxious because of the things you've had to step away from? Yeah, like because my routine's completely gone. Yep. And then I'm like, ah. Or is it a part of the soothingness of the vacation experience that you are 
enjoying a vacation and I step away, and to even add another layer on top of that, you are consuming the comforting thing that is adding to the vacation part of moving away from anxiety. Both could be true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't There's know. There's probably truth to both. Probably truth to both. That's so funny that like maybe I am dealing with some... I'm totally dealing with extra stress and anxiety right now, actually. You, well, and you're I'm always all dealing these. with extra stress and anxiety. <laughs> True, but it's like even higher right now. Why? And what's so, going on right now? Uh, lots of things. We don't need to get into it. Um, but that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean... Because I'm I, like, I want comforting mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Well, like I've been talking about watching the Stanley Tucci Search for Italy things. Yep. They're like incredible... It's like visual therapy. It is like visual therapy. Like the whole show is like ASMR like, of some kind. Oh. You're just like, look at it. Look <laughs> at how freaking pretty it is. It's just like it blows your mind, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But there is something to that. So I'll set up the conversation. Please do. Um, okay, same same podcast as the one I was mentioning with Naval, where he was like become the person who knows how to make money. Yes. Um, he was talking about like he, he was talking about his own um like just contentment contentment and and he was like and the he's like the critique of that is Naval is great, but I really want to succeed right now and I find that being anxious about things or is like highly motivating. And so they were starting to talk about this and I was starting to think about it and I was starting to think about how much of the things that I do are anxiety driven. And how much of the things I do are something else? Can we like, bucket anxiety and fear together in this context? Yeah. Like, okay. like, I'm doing this because of something that could happen in the future that I don't want to have happen. So, for example, if, like, I might say, you tell me if this is what you're talking about, yeah. right? I am very motivated and driven in running. Yep. And, like, I could say probably in general fitness. And... I could also say that as much as I do want to like do crazy feats of endurance that not many people do, call it the like 2% of me that's an Enneagram 1B4, um, but it is primarily this motivation is driven from fear of being out of shape again because mm-hmm. I used to be that mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the motivation is like equal parts excitement about what I could do and anxiety about putting on another five pounds and another five pounds and another five pounds. Is it actually equal? I don't know. I think it's constantly in flux. Yeah. There are days where my discipline is entirely driven by the pizza that I ate the night before. And Mm. there are days where my motivation is like, I cannot wait to go and do this marathon. Mm. And so it's, it's really fluid from, I would almost say day to day. Yeah. The, I have to believe that the underlying motivation across the span of time of discipline and and fitness for me has shifted more towards excitement about the things I could do from a performance standpoint and further away from fear of what I used to be. Yep. Um, But that's where it started definitively. Is that that a way to like articulate it? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So where do you... Another framework to use that I heard on a different podcast from from Huberman with a woman, uh, Maya Shankar. She talked about two ways people can use goals is they can do avoidance goals and approaching goals mm-hmm. and how much more effective approaching goals are than avoidance. We should sidebar that for marketing because we talk about toward and away language yeah. and which one people actually are driven towards. Yeah. 
Well, the, they say that the avoidance ones create lots of fear and anxiety. And so when you don't, when you avoid it, if it's like, I'm going to not eat sugar for a week, let's just like say that's the thing. Yeah. You, you're like, okay, don't eat sugar, don't eat sugar, don't eat sugar, you get to the next Monday and you're like, oh, I did it. Whereas if you flip that exact goal and said, I'm going to eat only whole foods for a week, you're like, oh, I did it again. I did it again. And you get to money and you're like, yeah, I did it. Sick. Like mm-hmm. they say that that's the difference between your mentality about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something interesting psychologically there. So where do you experience after having this concept shown to you yeah. through content? Where do you experience the most gray area in your own motivation being anxiety driven or not? Probably work. Okay. Yeah. And so in in that way, is it somewhat related to the like scarcity mindset too? Yeah, like it's very interesting. Um, I think my hypothesis, okay, for myself, I find that the more something matters to my like livelihood and the more something matters toward my circle of people I care about, mm-hmm. the more I am motivated by fear. How much in, so there are two things there. There's your impact on the people around you. And then there's an essence of like self-preservation mm-hmm. in a way, but let's talk it in like a more positive context. Yeah. Cause there's like the negative level of self-preservation where people end up showing up poorly. Right. Yeah. But there's also like, I just want to make sure that I can do this to fuel the things that I want to do. How much of that, what proportionality of that is on the self-preservation versus the like broader impact of the people around you? Mm, that's a good question. I actually think the way you framed it the second way is positive. I'm, I want to do this so I can do these things I want to do mm-hmm. is very different than I want to do that so I don't have to experience X, Y, and Z. Yep. And that's where anxiety comes from. There's like, I do bad, I get fired. And yeah. there's I do bad, I get fired, which in, like prevents my ability to treat the ones I care about well, and show up. And, like, I, I would say the difference between the two is the first one you described, like I do bad, I get fired, or the I want to do good so that I can do this, this, and this. Yes, right. Those which are the, is two the real flip sides, topic, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, what's the which way are you motivated? Like, yeah, it's it's sort of, um, it, and it's not even that it goes to. Oh, I'm worried about getting fired. No, but the like our financial performance, which you are a massive contributor to, yeah, it negatively impacts if we do poorly. Everybody, Every, the everybody, company. the company, including yeah. me and everybody else. Yeah. And um, I would say that where there's gray area is that I'll get motivated to get a sale because I'm like, oh, I'm scared about next month, or I'm scared about the next quarter, or I'm scared about what happens in January. Like that's like driven out of anxiety. The only place that I've found myself able to be motivated not in that capacity is fitness. And it's really only happened like the last year. I think I've talked about this a lot where it's been like last December, I was just like had this moment of like clarity with fitness where it was just like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I had to like get really clear with myself on, oh, it's because you enjoy it. And I think it was that, like, for a while I fought the idea of enjoying it because I was like, it's kind of weird to enjoy this. Like, it's it's kind of weird to be like, yes, make it painful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that actually even with this Hill session the yeah. other day. I was like, in the moment, it sucks. Mm-hmm. 
even like as I'm pushing, there is zero percent of me is like, I'm pushing right now. This is great. Oh, really? Every bit of it is, this is hell. When is it over? Until I'm done. I'm like, that was so fun. It's interesting. Um, I used to be like that. And again, I think in the last like year, it's been like, oh, this is the thing you were looking for. Mm-hmm. It's like in the middle of it, you're like, great, we're here. Like that's been the shift. That's a very like Courtney DeWalter kind of mindset. Oh yeah. Of she used to like avoid the pain cave. Mm. And now it's like she looks forward to being in the pain cave because that's home. Yeah. Oh great, we're in the pain cave. We're here. This is where we're looking to be. Well the thing that I liked about it is is that getting there has allowed me to stop being anxious about the workouts. It's like, yeah, they're going to physically hurt. But, like, physical pain is not the problem. It's the story you're telling yourself about the physical pain. Like, what you're typically doing when you're in physical pain is you're either telling yourself a story about what's about to happen to you or you're critiquing yourself for not doing as well as you wanted to do in the physical pain. Or, yeah, and then that actually interesting. So, like, I talked about Friday night in that competition where I didn't have, I didn't live up to my own performance metrics. The thing that slowed me down was that when it started hurting, I was... Like, why is it hurting already? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do poorly. So now I started projecting a story about how bad I was going to do. Which, like, any of the top-level endurance athletes, and actually really athletes in general, I mean, like CrossFit, it's extended It's an endurance things. sport. It's yeah, an it's an endurance sport. sport. And it's because they have a different relationship with pain. It is, to them, not bad. Right. Pain is not bad. Completely rewritten the... Everybody's like is afraid of pain. Yeah. Versus like when you're doing an exercise and it sucks, it's like, but it's supposed to. Yeah. This, this is, is not good. something that's not supposed to this happen. This is a positive. Yeah. It's like good. We're there. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. Like and you adapt. You adapt. That's so interesting. And I also think that like on the on the job front, I think the difference in it is are you acting? I want your input on this too, obviously. It's like, are you doing the actions you're doing because you're worried that your boss is going to say, why didn't you do that? Or find out that you didn't do it. Or are you doing them because you want to? Because you believe in it? Because you, for whatever reason. It's not as black and white as are you doing it for yourself or for other people. But to me, that's where a lot of it comes in. Yeah. Is like, I need to do these things not because if I don't, I'll be in trouble. Yeah. But because everybody else here deserves it. And like, if I'm shit at my job, that makes everybody else look bad. How dare I? Well, see, I think even that's a little bit anxious. Well, it is. Like, that's still on the, like, avoiding yeah, the negative. It is. Um, Which is my natural disposition. Well, mine too. That's but, what's interesting to me. But that's what I'm thinking about, like, even your mindset around work, right? Yeah. And that, like... You need to generate revenue for the sake of the company being sustainable, yeah. right? But flip that. You need to generate revenue to enable us to pour resources into the future of the company. Yeah. Does that side of it ever make its way into your mindset? No. Interesting. And the thing that's most interesting is, is like Naval was talking about this. He was like, look, I've been more effective the more calm I get. And he's like, and he's like, but the problem is I can't like isolate that variable. Like, am I more effective because I'm more calm or am I more effective because I have more opportunity? I have more resources. I have more money. Like, which one is it? He's like, I don't know. He's like, but I can show a correlation between the amount of calm I bring to a situation and the way it plays out. 
Well, it's it's not dissimilar to the studies that have been done around how much better performing happy people are. Yeah. If you rely on performance to make you happy or if you just decide to be happy, the amount of performance that happens in the work context is like this drastic change, apparently. Yeah. And so it's similar in the like calmness and happiness. And so giving calmness is closer to this like avoiding anxiety, kind of being opposite of that. But it is like you kind of just have to decide that. Now, here's the question. Do you want to shift the work mindset to it is fueling the future versus it's avoiding some other negative fate? Yeah, totally, because it's so much more enjoyable. Like, I'm going to keep going back to the fitness piece. It, it's, all, it's both more enjoyable and it's, high, it's much higher performing. But at least for me. So let's me. talk about your fitness journey. Yeah. Then. Because you say you have the, let's call it correct mindset in fitness. Yeah. Okay. But most fitness, of the time, mindset is shifting. So, well, that's the thing. So, fitness as a journey is ups and downs. Yeah. And the ups usually don't last more than like a couple weeks. Like, they're even in a week, there's probably going to be a day that's just like not as great. Yeah. The picture in my head is something the guy who owns the company I, I use, their training program, he says sometimes, he said, every day is about moving dirt. And some days I move dirt with a shovel. Some days I move dirt with a spoon. But as long as I move dirt, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that image. So every time I have a bad day, I just like, you moved some dirt today. Mm-hmm. There's a, I, I can't believe I'm not thinking of her name, but there's a, a former Olympic marathon distance runner. And the way that her coach frames it is, you should feel great a third of the time, okay a third of the time, and bad a third of the time. Mm. And that if any one of those things shifts in this proportion, if you feel great too much, you're probably not pushing yourself as hard. Oh, see, I disagree with that, though, because like I feel great while I'm dying. Say more. Okay, we did one of the hardest workouts we've done in months last night. Mm-hmm. Best moment of my month. Like, best moment of my month. Like, I, I got done, peeled myself off the floor, and I was like, God, I needed that. But it went okay. Yeah. It was hard, but it went okay. Yeah, it went great. Well, that's, I think, the difference. It's not about, like, uh, how hard you were working, but it's about, like, the experience. Like, for oh, okay. me, like if a, I go the out outcome. On, He's saying the outcome. Yeah, like, if I have a trash run today and, like, yeah. my legs are tired and I'm heavy and whatever, yeah. like, those happen. Uh-huh. But if my legs feel like that... 50% of the time, that's a signal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, if yeah. I go okay. out and my legs feel amazing you're not every day, reaching I'm not enough. It enough. Yeah, right? okay, that's fair. Yeah. But all that to say, you maintain, we're saying, the right mindset. You're seeking the positive with fitness. Yep. But there are downs. Which is literally in, just to, to like to classify it's like, how much can your body put out? That's yeah. what I'm chasing. I'm just trying to figure out like, how good can you be for fun, just for chits and giggles of figuring it out. But let's say that you have like a subpar workout a week mm-hmm. or every two weeks. Yeah. But you maintain this mindset of that that's the way that it goes. That is fitness. And I'm yep. marching towards this goal. Okay. Turn that back on business. You want to shift to a mindset of abundance mindset. I am fueling the future of the company. Companies have up years and down years. Mm-hmm. And yet you find yourself, it feels like stuck in the down. Um. Man, this is a, a really interesting. I don't even know. I'm going to have to ramble for a second because I, I have to externalize it. Externalize it. Um, okay, we've had prior to this year, like many years of very, very strong new business numbers. Yeah. And I knew I had a problem be- years ago 
because I would say after year two of like big new business years, I was more relieved than happy. Okay. I was more like, good, good. We're still doing it. And then immediately, what if this year doesn't go as well? And the reason this worried me is that we'll go back to athletics for a second. Um, At some point in time, I don't know when it happened. I wish I could put my finger on it. I went from being excited about playing well to being relieved about not playing badly. And that sucks all the joy out of it. Oh, yeah. And by the time I was done playing soccer, all the joy had been sucked out of it. Because I, I put myself through that daily. It wasn't just about games. It was like, I'm happy that I didn't practice boor- poorly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it was. And That sounds exhausting. Oh, dude, it fucking sucked. I'm picturing a world where I go out on a run and I'm relieved that it wasn't trash and that's the feeling. Yeah. It's not fun. That sounds it, awful. It's, it's very, 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 very bad. Um, and so I had to like rebuild my relationship with athletics, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I found myself falling into a similar pattern with work where it was like, I'm glad we got that deal over the line. I'm glad we hit that number. Like all the like the exhale, all the like, oh, relief. Versus like, that's awesome. Versus like, that's awesome. That Just was got cool. that deal. We did it that way. That was sweet. Like, that's the the difference in energy. And I think the problem with operating inside, for me, operating inside of the relief side is I, this is again, I bet there are people who are ballers in that setting. But like, not me. I've always been somebody who I do, I work out best when I'm smiling. I hate, I've never been good at being angry. I'm never the angry player. Like when I'm angry and I'm playing, I start acting ridiculous. Like, I'm the kind of dude who, like, if you get me pissed off at practice, like, I was done. That was it. Like, out of my head, totally tackle somebody, like, like, kind of go out of my way to, like, cause problems. Like, mm-hmm. I want to create a storm of issues around me. So, like, I know that about myself. And I don't do, I'm, I do not do well in areas where I'm, like, stressed and worried and, and angry. Some people are good at, like, chip on the shoulder, be pissed, win it. Not me. So, like, why would I let myself operate in work in that capacity of like worry and, and concern and you won't perform. I won't perform my best. Yeah. The, the way to summarize this is like, I remember my college coach saying to me and he had known me for decade at this point. No, a little bit less, but like a long time, seven years. He's like, dude, you're just like choking the bunny to death. Mm -hmm. It's because I was so stressed about not doing well. I was so I was so stressed about not being good enough that I just wanted to like grab it and like control it. It's like all of my dominance goes to like it's already really fucking high, but like double it. You know Stop what I mean? Stop the bleeding. It's like just just got it's got to go perfect. I'm just gonna make it go perfect. I'm gonna force it to go perfectly instead of being like this is gonna be fun or like just some. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it. Like I really wish I could put words to how it the difference in like curiosity and excitement and like energy versus concern and worry and control. Like that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like in work. It's very easy for me in fitness, which is just like, see how good you can get. Yeah. And maybe it's the same thing. Maybe that's why like the being the best salesperson, like 
vision isn't is like invigorating to me because it's just like ah, I don't know it's what we're going to try to go do let's see how it goes today like I don't know if well that's, that's the thing part of right yeah. like what's stopping you from coming in and each day is like I'm just gonna do the best sales activities that I can do today yeah it's, I'd say that I've been feeling that way for the last like couple of weeks since I sort of had that like realization that that's important mm-hmm. and it's been really nice and you have felt the change. We put in like six new deals in the pipeline. <laughs> do you think there's a correlation? I think, think there that's might chance? be. Like, I think it's. I think there's there's chance to it. There's lots of things to it. But like, I think there's some immediate evidence that would say that it's more beneficial. It feels like living into the stuff that BK, who we talk about, yeah. says is true. Yeah. Like you believe in the thing and you just do the things that you know you should do, and all of a sudden things happen. Yeah. So interesting. I actually, I was realizing in the moment, going back to the anger thing, I can't run angry. I cannot do it. Mm. I've tried, like, if I'm stressed, I can go out and run and it will be my stress relief every single day. Uh, but if I'm actually mad, I'll just, like, walk. I cannot do the yeah. exercise. I've tried to lift angry. I literally have to stop no, and just give up. I Mentally, I'm not there. Yeah. So I can't do it. Anger sucks. It's useless. Um, oh, here we go. Think. Get a hot take. Throw in some devil's advocate to anger sucks. Every emotion has a purpose to it is the like high level comment. Yeah. I think anger gives you a direction of a thing you want to change. Okay. Much in the same way inspiration gives you an, gives you a direction of a thing you want to be like. So like one of the things I've been kind of subconsciously considering is like, who do I run into or observe or interact with or consume content from that I wish I was? Like, when do I find myself daydreaming about being that person? What's that tell me about my desires? Like, that's a thing that I'm curious about. Mm -hmm. The inverse is also true. What stuff do I hate? What stuff do I like, like when I look at it, I just like, it makes me angry to like consider it. Mm -hmm. What people do I not appreciate? Mm -hmm. Um, What does that tell me about what I never want to be? So I think that anger can tell you deep truths about who you are and like what what you want to fight against. I think like the the best gift, the thing that I wish I was an athlete for, like a professional athlete, the thing that I wish for is that like they have purpose baked into their day. Always. Always. This is why people fall apart when they retire from their sport. It's not hard. To know what your day is about as an athlete. I am getting better. And I have a set of rules that govern my game. I have exact skills I need to get better at. I have capacity I need to develop. Like you have this like book of go be a thing. And you just get to every day just dive into it. Can you not though no, but you, create think, that book for yourself yes. outside of it? It's hilarious. I'm doing that. That is a quarter three like personal goal. Like what is your purpose right like sure you have purpose in what you need to do for work and you have purpose in what you need to do for the aspirational goals you have for fitness yep but also like being the best husband that you can be or a good friend or a generous family member or whatever that is like you can have the same playbook of that person does these things no you're 100 right it's just so much more intangible Mm -hmm. and it's much like I'm, i'm figuring that out right now it's literally part of like what do i that's literally a Q3 goal for myself is to like write the like manifesto at 30. What does it mean to be me? What do I care about? What's the stuff that matters to me? What do I want my life to look like? All this stuff. And 
that gives an, an incredible amount of like purpose to your day when you think through that lens. But like most people don't have that. Yeah. I don't have it. I have some aspects of it that are like invigorating and fun. Most people don't have a thing they're like dying to work on. Like the thing that we want, like I was, um, Katie's been watching the bear. Yeah. And there's a, I remember this image very distinctively. I'm, I'm like, I'll like pop in for like five minutes and leave. But Sydney, one of the main characters at one point is like, they're getting ready to reopen the restaurant as like a, as a place going for a Michelin star. So it goes from like this, like crappy Chicago beef spot to like Michelin star desired restaurant. And she is on the floor late at night, like scrubbing with a toothbrush. And I was like, that's actually what people want. People think, people think they want money. They think they want riches. They want a boat. They want nice shit. They want to relax. They don't. They want purpose. They want purpose. The actual gift is the purpose. And the byproduct of finding it, living into it, and doing it really fucking well is the boat and the free time and all that stuff. But dude, I, I hypothesize that if you asked pretty much everybody who's made it, quote unquote, what's the most fun you had? They would say when I was making it, not when I got there. Well, that's why when like we live in a place that has a lot of purpose built into it and people who align with the purpose behind the work that we do and people here like work their asses off and then love it. Yeah. My the worst day I've had in the last two weeks was the day that I just didn't have enough to do. Yeah, I just didn't feel like I had enough to do, and I remember distinctively having just like one of those like kind of meh afternoons, and I was like, and and first of all, then I feel then I get fearful. I'm like, oh man, like our numbers aren't good enough. I don't feel like I have enough to do. But I start freaking out. Yeah. But then I, I had two things happen. I was like, okay, well one, chill out, it's okay. Number two, other areas of your life can give you fulfillment too so like just let another area like get out of here be done for the day we can like move on we have enough to do yeah that we could wake up at six get on the computer at 601 work until 10 o'clock and go to bed at 1001 and then get up the next day and do it the same forever forever and everybody does it's a it's it's the whole premise behind simon sinek's infinite gain thing like we're not playing a thing with set end dates so it's it's um but yeah i mean like i feel great when i'm like what no, most people would determine grinding, I feel great in those days. Oh, they're dude, awesome. Yes. They're the best. They're the best. They're the best. So it's like... When well, somebody's what, like, hey, we need this thing and it needs to be done tonight, there's going to be a late one, I'm like, oh, You're like, yes. oh, lovely. Yes. And if it happened all the time, it would get... You would it, never oh, have, yeah, it'd be terrible. You would never have the space to reflect on it and appreciate it. But right? I feel so good the next day. Yeah, it's awesome. Because it was in line with what you wanted to do. Like, nobody ever... Nobody who's an amateur athlete ever like goes and has a crazy workout and is like, I'm really pissed I did that. Yeah. So like if you find like you're working hard and you hate it, like probably because you're doing something that has no fucking meaning to you at all. What people actually want is to be the person on the floor scrubbing it and happy about it because they're happy because they're working on something that matters to them. It's so, all about the matters. So that's the actual breakdown here. It's motivation by fear or motivation by purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Like craft and like what do you like? And I don't think it has to be deep. Like I don't have some sort of like deep like watch me make the world a better place by being the best salesperson in the world you want to make a lot of money and you want to treat some people i also just find it fucking fascinating i think it's a really interesting craft i just find it inherently fun like i find selling fun 
<laughs> yeah, which like just so many people's like, what's wrong? People with this are like, period? oh, it's the worst thing ever. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing then. Yeah, you have you have not discovered the if you're the doing art. it in the the right way, the healthy way. It's like people hate it because they think sales is gross and it's yeah. forceful. Yeah, they think but it's persuasive. Like, are they like one of in a hundred who's actually good at it? Who's like doing it for the sake of the person who's but buying the in the right way? Dude, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not doing it for the sake of the person who's buying. I just find the craft fucking interesting. Yeah, like really. Because, but you are do like that is though the craft the is craft. the craft is that yeah the people who are best at it are able to get there yeah and some people are fortunate enough to just be people who just like obsess over helping I've never really been that dude I'm not really a teacher mm-hmm. it's not like my strengths finder I have a lot of like quick start and I like talking to people and I want to meet more people and like yeah I like you know what I actually I like finding solutions and so like. This is the way I find solutions. It's fun. It's a puzzle. How do we how do we solve this problem that you have? And yeah, that's good for you, but like it's I'm doing it selfishly. I just like doing that. It's fun for me to be like, what are your problems? Let me see if I can fo- find like find solutions for them. I get tons of fulfillment from that. So it's like I enjoy the craft of selling for the sake of the craft. It has nothing to do with and, and so that's what I mean. You don't have, to have this like purpose. It's like I feel like there's always this pressure to have this like big purpose that's all about like changing the world. And let me show you how big of an impact I'm gonna make, all this stuff. And like the reality is, I bet if you like got 90% of the people who have some giant purpose like drunk in a room and got them really telling you the truth, you'd be like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. It's just like jargon words that somebody would put on a Pinterest board. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Like just be real about the fact you just do it because it's fun. Like it's emotional. I'm making my decision to be good at sales because it's emotionally fun for me. I like doing CrossFit because it's emotionally fun for me. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with like, well, I want to be fit into my 90s. Dude, I could work out so much less than I do to be fit into my 90s. Like, good God. Yeah. You know, so it's like, nah, it's just completely emotional fun. I mean, there you go. <laughs> so find the things that are fun. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the thing. It's like if you're struggling with motivation, ask yourself, are is your motivation coming from a place of fear? Or from a place of purpose. Yeah. And, you know, if not, like, get yourself some purpose. Yeah. Do some soul searching. Figure out what's going to make you, like, excited to get out of bed in the morning. It's going to make you happy. And then do it. (laughs) Everything becomes this, like, very deep philosophical. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. It's really the question we're all trying to answer. I mean, yeah, that's what we're here for. All right. Great show.